You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome to the last Sunday of the year 2020. Finally, be not conformed to this world, he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he said, so that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. There's something about the pursuit of God's will that demands the renewing of your mind. Because you see, one of the biggest um, disguises of the devil is the disguise of your own desires to be the will of God. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it's possible for us to cook up tales and cook up things and say, God said. I mean, if you are a lady in the house, a guy must have come up to you at some point to tell you that God told you that you are his wife. Right? Not because he actually had a vision, but because he desires you. Amen. He would rather have you. And so, he would say, God said you are my wife, just so that he can at least... Make himself feel good about it. This tells you that the will of God must be sought out. Praise the Lord. It must be sought out. Not everything that appears to be God's will is God's will. Not every good thing is God's will. Not every good idea. Um, Bishop David Edipo will always say this. Not every good idea is a God idea. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Not every good thing is God's will. That it's a nice idea does not mean it's God's will. Are you, are you getting that? So he says, do not be conformed to this world. Because there is a way the world seems to think. Whatever I want to do is what must happen. It must go according to my way. Are you following? Well, that's the way of the world. Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, look at this. If um, the world's way is the selfish way, then to renew your mind means to take the center of your life away from you and put it somewhere else. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if the world is centered on itself and you will not be conformed to the world, then you cannot be centered on yourself. Have you heard, in fact, in my office... There is a frame that says, do what makes you happy. Right? That's the worst kind of advice you can give anybody in this world. Let's even not talk about it on Christian terms. Have you seen the weather recently? You know, it's not hot like the sun is hot. There's no air. It's like the world is blowing hot air. So in that case, what will make you happy is as you just remove your shirt. Or do what makes you happy. Very bad advice. But that's the way the world thinks. They would give you statements like YOLO. You only live once. Well, newsflash, we live forever. We don't live once. Do you understand? They will give you statements like you only live once. And that's the system of the world. You must look out for numero uno. Look out for yourself before anyone else. It's the way the world wants you to think. But Paul says, don't be conformed to that standard of thinking. Because the will of God can never be discovered in selfishness. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
The will of God can never be discovered in selfishness. The will of God must, in fact, listen. One of the biggest revelations of God, the most important revelation of God that you can have is not that he is powerful. He is, we know, but that's not the biggest revelation of God you can have. The biggest revelation of God that you can have is not that he is all-knowing. We know, but that's not the biggest revelation of God you can have. It's not that he's omnipresent, that he's everywhere at the same time. That's not the biggest revelation of God that you can have is that God is love. And the Bible says, herein is love, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. So, God's definition, what? Oh, wow. How many of you are entrepreneurs in the room? Raise your hand. If you're an entrepreneur, you, you do business, you run a business, raise your hand. All right, that's good. Drop your hand. How many of you have heard of the two-minute elevator pitch? Raise your hand. I think it's 10 seconds now, which is weird. I don't know how you are supposed to fit anything into 10 seconds. But you've heard of the two-minute elevator pitch before. And what you're supposed to do in the two-minute elevator pitch is tell the investor everything you need them to know about yourself. If God was to run a two-minute elevator pitch, what he would tell you is that he sent his son to die. Do you understand? What God wants you to know about him is that he is a selfless person. Do you get this? So while the world is, is running towards selfishness, you must renew. Praise the Lord. You must renew your mind. The will of God cannot be discovered in a worldly mind. It can't. Praise the Lord. James said that you pray and you do not receive. Because you pray to fulfill your own desires. Look at that. Look at that. Now, is it wrong to ask for things that you want? No. But it is wrong to place your wants and your desires above God's own needs. And God's own wants and desires. Do you understand? If God is selfless towards you, he expects you to reciprocate same towards him. Praise the Lord. This tells you that the will of God is a delicate matter. It's delicate. And so, when the Bible tells you what it thinks or what it assumes or what it has discovered to be the will of God, you must pay attention. One of such verses is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Flip your Bibles open. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Are you there? Can everybody read one, two, three? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Notice that he did not say in every situation. He did not say in every good thing. You know, we actually have the mentality That we should only give God thanks when good things are happening to us. And when bad things are happening to us, we do the opposite of giving thanks. We grumble. One question we'd always ask is, why me? If not you, then who? Why do you think you're so special? (laughs) Amen. He says, in everything, which means that this thanksgiving that he's asking you to engage in, It's not an action, it's a lifestyle. Are you seeing that? 
is more than an action. It's a way of life. In every situation, in everything, wherever you find yourself, at any time, at any point, with any person, give thanks. And he says, it is the will of God in Christ concerning you. What God will have you do. Listen, this is beautiful stuff. One of the most important things you can ever know is that Christ died for you. And that's enough to give thanks forever. Are you getting this? So the will of God in Christ for you is gratitude. God wills for you to, you know, be thankful in Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of us are like the children of Israel. I mean, think about it. God showed ten mighty plagues. And the last of which was the turning of the river Nile to blood. But that was not the last. It was almost the last. One of the last ones. The last one was the killing of all the firstborns. Right? He showed ten. And all of that was to be. I mean, imagine, just imagine this. That you were in school and um, some lecturer was treating you harshly. You know all those lecturers that say, nobody can get A in my course. Only God can get A. The next person is B. B is for me. C is for you. You've heard those kind of lecturers before. And then they will mean you and say, you, you will never pass this course. Now imagine if one day Elon Musk walks into the school and he moves, I mean, he goes as far as changing the vice chancellor just so you can pass the course. How would you feel? Like, think of, first of all, Elon Musk, he knows me. Like, what? Like, like, just think about it. You hear that Elomos is coming to your school. Some of you will be starstruck. And wow. Then he shows up in school and everybody's trying to see the car he's driving. And everybody's trying to see how he looks. And then he comes and he asks for, who is Fin? I'm looking for Fin Yadeni. And then you're like, ah. And then you, you know you'll be scared. For a moment, you will forget your name is Finya Deni. Like, it can't be me he's looking for. Somebody else, not me. Right? The king of the world moved heaven and earth through ten plagues to deliver the Israelites. Healed the first... Do you know how... You know, the, the thing is, it's see finish that used to cause this problem. Because we've read the Bible, we've heard the story so many times that it, it's no longer spectacular to you. Think about it. My wife and I, we were at the beach on, on Christmas Day. And I was just looking. Yes, praise God. And I was, just, <laughs> I was just looking at the water. And I was like, I know Victor said Moses. Victor was with us. He said Moses split this into two. And then I was thinking, God turned this to blood. Like, you know how, what, that, what that looks like? You're driving by um, Victoria Island and you just look out to the sea. Or you're going over third mainland bridge and you look and his blood. And he did it to make a statement that there are some people amongst you that are for me, release them. He moved heaven and earth for these people. And then they got into the wilderness and said, Have you brought us here to die? And the truth is this many of you laugh, but you are not different. You are not you are not repent. Are you repent now? As I'm saying it, be repenting. 
Praise the Lord. You are not any different. God did not do 10 plagues to deliver you. But you had one extra course in school. It seemed like you were not going to graduate. Somehow, someone favored you. They cleared the course. You know that you shouldn't have cleared that course. You've left school now. Then you're now saying, God, don't you care that I don't have a job? You're an Israelite. How are you any different from them? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to talk about hindrances, hindrances to Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving culture. Number one, it is either short-sightedness or blindness. One of those two. It is either you are so short-sighted that you can't see the hand of God, or you are blinded by your problems that you don't know when God is moving in your life. Major hindrance to Thanksgiving. So short-sighted, you cannot see the hand of God. Do you know, many people, even if God appeared in a fedora like Raymond Reddington and was moving things in their favor, they would still not know his God. I mean, if God appeared shining white like this and was making things happen for them, they would still be grumbling. Praise the Lord. So don't be short-sighted. Learn to acknowledge the little things, the seemingly little things that God did for you. Learn to acknowledge them. Because it's a huge problem. Some people, they are so blinded by their problems. I mean, you talk about somebody, you're talking about 2020 with some people and they're like, wow, this year has just been so horrible that if there's a good God, how can he allow a year like 2020 happen? But you are alive, breathing well, COVID-free, and you're saying that to me? A pandemic that took, how many people now? That's killed almost a billion people in the world. And you are here, COVID-free, speaking to me. Not dead. Nobody in your family is dead. Ah, you can't say thank you. Many people tend to magnify their problems, their little problems, so big that they now, it now blocks their view of God. So it's like an eclipse. You take the moon that is not supposed to give any light. The moon doesn't give any light. It just reflects the light of the sun. You take the moon that doesn't give any and you use it to block the sun. You take your little problems and block God. You can't see him. You can't see that he's working anymore because you have so magnified your problems that they've become the center of your life. Have you ever spoken to people who they just want to throw a pity party at every point. Any opportunity you give them to complain, they will start complaining. I mean, I mean, you tell them, oh, traffic was bad. You say, your own is even small. If you see what I went, calm down. All right? Calm down. Another hindrance to Thanksgiving is entitlement mentality. Is the entitlement mentality, the mindset, you know, growing up. Let me tell you something. If you grew up in a slightly above average home, there are tendencies that you had that mentality growing up. So one day, maybe your dad or your mom, you do something, and then they threaten you with not paying your school fees, and then you say something like, you, you don't say it to them because hot slap, but <laughs> you go back to your room and you say, I'm running away from this house. Raise your hand if you ever did that. 
So the rest of you didn't do it. You lie. You did it. <laughs> you say, I'm running away from this house. I'm no longer staying in this house. Now, why is he even using, he's using school fees to threaten me? Is it not his responsibility? Did I tell him to give birth to me? Raise your hand if you ever said that. <laughs> and we treat God that way. Have you heard people say things like, I pay my tithes. I'm very fervent in church. Why are bad things happening to me? If you ever contemplate the bigness of God, you will know that that question is stupid. Think about it. Do you know that God doesn't have to be good? You and I have to be good. We need to appear good to other people. God has nobody in his class. He's on his own. So who is he trying to impress? You. He gave you life. He doesn't need to be good. He doesn't need to be bad. In fact, he can neither be good nor bad. He can just be there. Think about that. So think about it the next time you realize that God showed up for you when you prayed. He didn't need to. Do you understand? Like if he didn't show up for you, he won't, you know you hear people say things like, um, if God does not do this for me, I'll stop serving him. Like when you stop serving him, it's like, oh, a major part of me has gone. I can't take, that was a low blow, bro. You shouldn't have done. Or they say, I would tear my Bible, tear it. <laughs> like you're saying it like, if I tear this Bible, it's to spite God. It's not going to, it's unaffected. But think, think about it. They will say, I will tear my, I won't say, I won't pray again. What are you doing? <laughs> Before you were born, he was God. Before the world was created, he was God. You ain't. <laughs> You realize how tiny you are? <laughs> Amen. You know, some people, some people even say that um, some, some pastors will tell you God gives life and he takes it away and it's true. He has the power too. And they're like, how, how can God take him away? He puts him there in the first place. It's not a property. It's his property. You're only very emotionally attached to another person's property. Do you understand? You are not entitled to anything. Use flash. We, as humans, are not entitled to anything from God. So it is an act of God's grace that he sent his son to die for you. He didn't need to. You should have just reveled in your sinfulness, died, gone to hell. He will wipe hell away and create another race of humans. He could have done that. He didn't need to save you. He chose to. Do you understand that? God didn't need to provide for your family when you guys were hungry. He chose to. He didn't need to do, God doesn't need to do anything. If he does anything good for you, he does anything in your life, he has chosen to do it. It's his, it's his benevolence. Do you understand? How many of you are Marvel fans here? Raise your hand. If you are not a Marvel fan, raise your hand. What's wrong with you? What were you doing when God was sharing priorities? But if you remember the first Avengers movie, right? There was this scene where um, Samuel Jackson was speaking with um, Loki. Where Nick Fury was speaking with Loki. And then he told Loki that he was an ant. And he was the boot. You remember the, do you remember the scene? Ant, boot. How many of you remember it? True Marvel fans. Just a few of you. Look at you. 
And I said, how many of you are Marvel fans? Did you raise your hand? <laughs> well, I want you to think that way. Before God, you're tinier than an ant. Amen. So that you matter to God is a big deal and it's nothing that you did. Do you understand? It's all about him. You're not entitled to anything. A lot of us are not thankful because we feel entitled. We feel like God fell my hand. Do you know the arrogance in that statement? Who are you? You say like, I don't know why, but God didn't come through for me. Praise the Lord. Listen, we can only go before God because he allows it. Do you understand? And we can go with boldness now. Do you understand? We're allowed to go with boldness even if we don't deserve to. He has chosen to make us worthy of his time and his presence. Do you understand this? It's very simple. Can the clay say to the molder, why have you molded me so? So learn to be thankful. Whatever you get from God, be thankful for it. Listen, you might have been praying for a car and he gave you a motorbike. Be thankful for it. Because he didn't need to answer your prayer at all. I hope you know. Somebody said on Twitter last year that it's time for us to hold God accountable. You You are in Nigeria and you have the mind. You are not holding your president accountable. You want to hold God accountable. Praise God. A lot of people are, are entitled. Major hindrance. Another major hindrance is lack of remembrance. We forget too easily. The, th- the times that God did great things for us, we forget too easily. And that's a big problem. Don't be too forgetful. Are you listening to what I'm saying? At some point, Jesus told his disciples, beware of the leaving of the Pharisees. And the disciples said, "Ah, is he saying this to us? They were speaking to one another. They said, is he saying this to us because we didn't break bread? And Jesus said, have you forgotten so quickly that 5,000 men, and see, 5,000 men, excluding women and children, sat before me, and I fed all of them. And you had seven baskets and five loaves. Another time, 12 baskets and a number of... Have you forgotten that I multiplied bread to feed people? How then do you say to yourself that there is no bread? When did bread become a problem for me? Many of you, that's the little thing you need to remember. That six years ago, seven years ago, someone was in labor. You prayed for them. It seemed like they were going to die, but they did not die. And so now, you are about to go into labor, but you are scared. And it seems like, oh, I'm so scared. I don't know what's going to happen. What do you do? You remember. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Psalm 103 verse 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You remember. So Jesus stood before Lazarus' tomb. There lay a dead man, four days dead. 
Somebody said he was very dead. Four days dead. Jesus was standing before the tomb of a dead man. And Jesus did not start saying, mm, let's chant a little bit. You know, he didn't do that. He said, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. Listen, that statement is, is indicative of a track record. The fact that there was a time I needed to multiply five loaves and two fish and you heard me. Another time, there was a woman with a dead child. You heard me. Another time, I entered into a city. There were sick people. You heard me. So now I'm standing before this guy like you heard me those other times. I know you will hear me again. And so he thanked God. Many of you don't thank God for the times he heard you. Many of you have seen victories because you prayed. This is, you know, this is the problem with our generation of Christians. Something is going wrong. You pray about it. Now, when, you pray, when we pray about it, what we expect from God is that it will happen almost every time. It must happen spectacularly. You understand what I'm saying? So, for example, you pray for divine provision. And what you are expecting is that an angel will appear in the room with a sack of money. He will say, I am the angel that the Lord sent to you. Yeah. That's what we expect. And so, when I pray for divine provision, and my uncle who is in Germany, who hasn't called all year, calls me and says, send me your account number. He puts money in my account. I'm like, no, that one is not God. That one is my uncle. God is still here to answer my prayers. Am I saying the truth? We don't see the hand of God. We don't see the hand of God through the natural things. But learn to. Amen. Learn to. Don't try to dictate for God how the prayer should be answered. Amen. Learn to. Because that's why many people don't give thanks. So today, for example, we were singing right just before the service started. Before I started preaching, rather. We were singing. And some people or somebody might be where they are saying, well, these songs are nice. But what has God really done for me? Listen. Let me tell you something. Part of parenting is um, preserving your children from problems that they would never know that they could have faced. How many of you, now that you are grown, look back and you're, you're more appreciative of your parents? Think about it. Your parents went through everything to put you in a good school. Now, what you got out of that school was not an education. The education was okay. But the relationships, they matter a lot to you. And they're opening doors for you. So by just putting you in a good school, they helped you to settle down for life. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you won't know. When they were sending you to that school, you fought them. Is that true? I mean, how many of you went to Covenant University? Raise your hands. Raise it above your head. Do it with pride. Yeah, how many of you fought your parents when they were sending you to see you? Ah. But how many of you are thankful now that you went to see you? I'm using Covenant University because I went there. I'm not saying it's, it's the best school, although it is. But <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Listen, it is the same way with God. There are many victories that you have experienced that you didn't know the battle that went behind it. You get what I'm saying? Some of you have life easy or relatively easy. And you don't know the mountains that God moves to make it that way for you. Be thankful. Amen. Be thankful. It doesn't matter. Look, see. It doesn't matter if you experience one or two problems every now and again. You could have experienced much more. Be thankful. Are you listening? There are some, there are some situations that you get into that you know that I didn't pray about this. Am I saying the truth? This one now was not because I prayed. This was because God was just looking out for me. Praise God. Praise God. Decisions that you could have made as you were about to make it, the Holy Spirit just prompted you, don't do that. And you stayed away from that decision because you just felt this strong restraint in your heart not to do it. You stayed away from that decision. Then everything went haywire in that area. And then you're like, ha! Thank God. Something told me. But then, later, you say to God, God has abandoned me. Many people expect God to be like their house boys and house girls. You know, like house staff. When I call you, you show up, you do what I want you to do, then go till I'm ready to see you the next time. Hide yourself somewhere. That's the way many people treat God. Like a genie. I rub a lamp. You come out and grant three wishes. Go back into the lamp. Till the next time I'm ready to call you. How arrogant. How arrogant. Praise the Lord. Listen, be thankful. Some of you know the problem, eh? Some of you were broken last year. I'm telling you the truth. Some of you were broken last year. Some of you had a more terrible 2019 than 2020. But you don't see it because Kobe Bryant died. I'm, I'm just being honest. So you will now be there sitting there and saying 2020 was a terrible year. Then they ask you, what happened? You say, in this year alone, just this one year, COVID 19, Kobe Bryant. This one, that, did, you, did anything happen to you? Not really, but it was a terrible year. You don't see that it was a great year for you. You understand? You, you actually can't see that it was a great year for you. Because this is the truth. We all like to be part of the pity party. I mean, how awkward will it be when everybody says 2020 is terrible? And like, well, it was actually good for me. So sit down now and think. Was 2020 actually a terrible year for you? You may have faced one or two challenges in your businesses, but was it that bad? Did you survive or not? I mean, think of, in 2019, you didn't, have a, you didn't even have a business to start with. Now you have a business. It's going well. Businesses will always come with challenges. You face the challenge, you solve it, you move to the next one. It was a terrible year. In 2019, your family was scattered. In 2020, because of the lockdown, they were united. Everybody stayed together. You've learned to live together. There's now more peace in the home. But it was a terrible year. Think actually. Think about it. The Bishop David Oedipo will always say, if you can think, you can think. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? But this is the problem. Only 5% of people like to think. 15% think they're thinking. 85% would rather die than think. Choose which percentage you would be in now. And actually think. Praise the Lord. Bow your heads now and tell God thank you. Bow your heads and tell God thank you. What a year it has been. I may have had a few challenges. Some of them not so small, but thank you. Thank you. Pray. This is not an interlude. We're not trying to end the message. Pray. Say thank you. Thank you that I'm alive. The coronavirus killed a lot of people. I wasn't one of them. Thank you. Because it's not because you are careful. Many of you are not even wearing those masks now. It's just God that kept you. Thank you that in spite of the strike that went on for many months, my business grew. I grew in skills. My future still looks bright. Thank you. That in spite of the lockdown, there were times I didn't have money, but I'm not dead. I didn't die from hunger. I'm provided for. Thank you. Don't get tired. The Bible tells us that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God wants you to be thankful. God, I have to wake up every morning by 5 a.m., drive two hours to the island to work and get back home by 11 p.m. or 12 p.m. every day. But thank you that I have a job. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.